0: Welcome to Movement 4.0, From Babies to Astronauts. This is Michelle Turner. I'm back. I'm sorry I took a little bit of a hiatus. Getting the book out took a little bit more out of me than I thought. You can't get to Mars without me. The Rules of Gravity is available now on Amazon, Audible, and through my site, Gravity and Movement. I would love to have you on board and we have a Facebook group now also gravity and movement where I discuss a lot of these things like I'm discussing today on compressive forces on our systems. One of the things that happens amongst many things that happens to our human bodies in living organisms up in outer space is the lack of compressive force. This compressive force is what we use also to organize. We don't organize just around gravity, but gravity creates a lot of different ways of forces amongst our bodies that we interact with. We don't realize the atmospheric pressure, let's say, but let's say if you have arthritis, you know when it's going to rain the day before. There are a lot of forces of compressive forces on our system are not just there for pain base, but they're also there to organize our movements, and that's what I want to discuss with you today. I deal with a lot um, as far as what I deal with with movement less, and I know a lot of people think that I just work with, with the special needs or the babies, but I work with everybody. I work with professional athletes as well as uh, just people that are aging. And the compressive force is really one of the things that I talk about a lot, especially in my trainings, which I refer to more as your tonus, how your body responds. So let's break that down. When we're looking at the human body, the biggest organ really is our skin, our epidermis. This is not just to protect us from, let's say, the elements. People think it's just for warm, hot, cold. The epidermis is there really to regulate the forces of nature in a more distributed outlet. So I've mentioned it before, it's sort of like if you lay down on a bed of nails, right? The bed of nails is there to distribute pressure throughout our bodies and supposedly you can do it. I don't know if I'm still ready to do this one, but if you were to lie down, let's say on one nail, you would be punctured because the amount of force in that one area is not distributed it out. Our epidermis is what does that for our bodies. That's part of its, its cause. So that's why when you, let's say, burn yourself and you have a complete removal of skin all around one of your appendages, like your arm, let's say, that's why you have to go in and have skin grafted back. Because if you don't have skin, you you know, the arm will die, let's say, or whatever's exposed from there on down. Sort of like taking tree bark off of a tree. If you put a complete ring around it, Uh, the tree can't survive. We, we all have these kind of systems within ourselves. We just don't look at it as equally, I would say, as humans as we do for living organisms, but it's equally important just at a different level. So what do I mean by compressive forces? You're sort of taught that gravity is a pulling force, which it will be for mass. Now the argument is, are we mass? Yes, we're mass. However, we're living organisms. So we are oppositional mass. We can manipulate forces. Whereas your cup cannot, and it'll stay there on the table until someone knocks it over and finds a different angle to gravity that it can grab a hold of now, if we fall, we do fall at Newton's rate of gravity, and I'm going to fall at the same rate as a bowling ball. However, again, like I've been teaching you, we don't organize to fall; we organize around a compressive force, so gravity is all around us in a three hundred and sixty degrees, whether I'm moving and going in and out of position, I'm going in and out of a gravitational force and compressive forces, and the skin regulates all of that. So if I'm going to standing to sitting, those kind of movements come into play with us and will articulate the bones, the skeletal system. Most people think that muscles create our movements, but really our muscles just respond to a movement. Just because I contract my arm doesn't mean I'm going to have movement. When you're looking at the way movement forms, and when you're looking at the way movement fails, this is where I look at from babies to astronauts. Babies organize a movement completely different than the way we maybe learn a new movement now that we're adults, let's say. Well, an astronaut has to not only relearn movements, but it's actually making things up because forces aren't there. The body likes to do what's easiest, and floating is pretty cool. However, coming back down to Earth, that's what the problem is. And and this is where the dichotomy of astronauts to space-based, to Earth-based, to Mars-based, that we have to really start looking at what I'm trying to present here is how the system organizes. And when that organization is not there, how fast that one particular system might fail. So like someone today broke their, fell and broke their hip. Now, hip mortality is pretty, pretty severe. I think 80 percent give or take, uh, fail or pass within one year of breaking a hip. Why? Again, because the compressive forces are now off and this really throws off the system. It's another way of looking at it. So let's look at compressive force. So when I go to outer space, there's no compressive force. So now when I go to reach for a cup, that push-pull within the epidermis, the skin, is no longer present. So now I can actually squeeze my liquid and float up to the liquid and suck it in versus looking to bring that cup to me away from me or the fork whichever we're doing and then intaking the liquid and 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 having again that compressive even just up a straw is considered a compressive force right so that's what i'm saying we have different levels of this type of force around us it's not just you know a few aspects of gravitational force or gravitational play So when I'm here on earth, let's say, again, picking up a cup, just drinking, something very simple, my epidermis gives a regulatory as to where my muscle's going to play off of that. One of the reasons why I like to work out, I'm not working out thinking that because I have muscles, therefore I can move. That's not the way I work out. I always play with rotation. I play with balance. I work out completely different than most people when that is in play, right, my tonus of my skin will now regulate how far my muscles can go out and go in. And that's where you keep that or maintain that wonderful active passive phases within your muscle base. Now, when you do not have a compressive force, the muscles don't know where to go. In other words, how far out that they can come in, how far they can contract. So that's why even just running on a treadmill or doing the mirror system of different systems that are up there really don't work for astronauts because now someone has told that astronaut that it's a load lift variation and that load lift really is gonna sort of survive the bone a bit, but not really. Especially when they're running on the treadmill. That treadmill, the way that they're attached, the feet are just sort of hitting it and making it go, but it again, that foot's not compressing down on the treadmill anywhere near to what it would do. And so gravity off the joints, which is great, but at the same time, when ja- gravity goes back on the joints, when they come back, there's a problem. So now let's jump back into babies. Babies, again, that's the first thing that they're learning. When they are in the womb, there's no compressive forces. Why? Because there's no elimination, right? So we're not eating and drinking, we're not breathing, we're not eliminating. If we are, then the child now is, is having birth trauma because they're swallowing macronium, you know, towards the end if it's not caught, as an example. And we will never experience that level of being in a fluid, amniotic fluid, without that expansion and so forth. So there's no friction right then and there. And again, it really is limiting down the compressive forces, that amniotic fluid around the epidermis. Now, what a lot of people don't consider, when you're towards the end of your development, the skin will actually grow faster than you do. So the skin grows first, and then as you're maturing to your 40-week stay within the womb, you're now filling that out. This is one of the biggest problems of having a premature baby. And it could be as early as three weeks, let's say, even two weeks, if the child has not filled out to the skin because then when it is born, the compressive forces are completely different and false. And this is where there's such a higher rate of having just the active muscles because they're looking, in a sense, to push out that tonus of the skin And it's not there to give them the neurofeedback they need for that development of force within the muscle, which is really between the active and passive phases of the muscles, which sort of go towards cerebral palsy. Now, cerebral palsy is looked at a little bit different medically because they're looking for brain trauma, which unfortunately, that's what gravity does as well. When the child is too small to, again, regulate its force, the epidermis isn't kicked in, just the force of gravity will create a brain breed. You know, it could be coming as well because of cords wrapped around the neck. There's other factors involved. But when you're looking at just a true premature baby, a lot of people refer to that, you know, lovingly with their kids that they look like little chickens because the skin is much more. And then the, the, the baby hasn't filled out, hasn't gained its full weight potential. You can look at it as weight, muscle mass, BMI, whichever you want to look at it, depending on what sets of eyes you have on this child, even a full set of lungs. just that first breath. If the skin is more dominant or too much, you never get that full breath, right? It's sort of like moving around in shoes that are three sizes too big in a big overcoat, you know, when you're in the middle of of summer, you can't run a mile, right? It would be very difficult. It's the same thing, but it's not that you can't do it. You don't organize against the compressive forces. And this is where my work comes into play. And that's one of my specialties is with through my touch. And I'm so aware of this. I literally can put my hand on you while we're taking a picture and know where you are within this development or region of compressive forces as far as your organization to and from it. You can now start looking at these compressive forces in various levels. That's why we have blood pressure, right? So blood pressure is again, a compressive force going through your system. It's a circulatory system high blood pressure, too much compression, um, high blood pressure with diabetes. You know, now we've got weight that we've got to push through with high blood pressure. Um, weight, meaning the sugar weighs more than, than the red blood cells. We can look at just, again, breathing as an adult. Breathing, typically, and bringing out the heart sac and bringing it back in, it massages the heart versus, let's say, if you're smoking, now you're drawing long in the lungs and on the diaphragm. And so you don't have the compressive forces around the, the heart and it doesn't vacuum out. So it makes the heart go long and it's loses a lot of its ability for, for suction or muscle mass. And that's where you get heart disease from smoking, let's say as a movement based. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm talking to you on how the systems move. When you have inflammation, we can go into irritable bowels and all of those kind of things. It affects all of that, and then it starts also hitting the compressive forces of the fascia tissue. So all these come into play, which we, again, just having gas, right, is a compressive force, but it is completely different up in outer space. It is very hard to eliminate, especially gas, because of the way the buoyancy rate changes and gravity's not into play and it's harder to get out, fecal mass and so forth. I mean, it's a fun subject, but it's a subject that, you know, you deal with when you're up there. So these are the things that come into play, but also that compressive force now massages out the muscles, the epidermis and so forth off the bone. And that's what keeps the bone tissue healthy, right? But this is also where it comes into, again, the blood pressure plays and everything like that. So again, when I touch you, I can feel abnormal compressive forces, heart disease, cancers and so forth. Now, I might not be able to say, okay, it's specifically cancer, but, you know, I uh, I can easily tell, let's say, a PVL-3, a, a, a brain bleed, versus a brain tumor, and I've caught them in babies before. Most people don't listen to me because, again, I'm not a doctor. I joke around that I play one on TV, and I don't mean it to be that I'm medical-based. I've sent a lot of adults to the hospital, and I've sent a lot of kids. I'm the first person to say, you need to see and, you know, what specialty. Um, unfortunately, my son taught me way too much because we've gone through so many different specialists and surgeries. So, again, I'm the, one of the first people to refer out, whereas a lot of people, and this is the biggest problem with having a special needs child, is they will assume that the problem is because of the special needs. So even though my son had, let's say, granuloma in which which the HIV lesions on his body, first of all, they said it was bug bites, but then again, it was because of autism. What does that have to do with the other? Again, health-based systems versus neurological-based systems are not one and the same in most cases, even if you're dealing with something like a Parkinson's, because you still can have medical complications, let's say like heart disease, which have nothing to do per se with the Parkinson's unless you're looking at, again, that way that person is failing with Parkinson's and their compressive forces, because that's a problem with the shaking. The shaking really is a breakdown of left and right in the neurological system, but that shaking is going to throw off the epidermis's response, right? And that's why people with advanced stages of Parkinson's, again, that shriveling kind of look shows up because the tonus in their epidermis is not there because the muscles aren't regulating that push-pull with, from within. The body moves from within. It's not based for external movement. Another factor of compressive forces that you can look at is vision. Vision, the cornea, the way that the eyes work, going into the optic nerve, uh, going into the sinuses. When a baby has no sinuses, sinuses come into play. There's a pull in the sinuses, especially if the frontal lobe sinuses are involved. And now there's more pressure through the Epinoid sinuses behind the eyeballs, which is a big component into a lot of kiddos having CVI. I know that was my son's problem. And also you see that with seizures when there's a frontal lobe hit, you know, higher chances suddenly you see complications of CVI, which is cortical visual impairment. It's a processing. But I look at it too, is you have to see where there's, there, again, the compressive forces through the back of the eye. Another one that I deal with a lot too is because the way, say, children can't move properly in a lot of ways. And they have compressive forces through the ear canals, the ear tubes, where you might see as infections, but a lot of it is, again, it's just fluid buildup. But we start seeing the same thing. See, this is where you can take my work with special needs and start seeing them within the astronauts. All right, when the astronauts can't tilt to move, do you ever have like swimmer's ears and you go over again? Gravity comes into play really helpful as you pound your ear out or jump around and let your ear tilt out until that suction goes and it drains. Well, sweating of the ear is very important for, again, epidermis tonus, the tonus of the way our bodies are. You can see people that have difficulties eliminating sweating um, have difficulties, let's say, with gait issues walking. Now, we blame that on balance, but is it really balance? Or again, is it compressive force within and off, and therefore the regulating of the system is bad? That's why, again, I keep going back to my son. He's not the only person I've worked on, but this is my foundations of my touch. When I'm working with someone like my son, like my son was globally delayed, but his MRI was fine. So he didn't have the cognitive implications that most people were looking at. So that's one of the things too with my touch. My touch is at an expert level, if not beyond, on, again, the use of compressive forces within the system. Now the system, the body does work in different areas. So let's say you're going to a cardiologist, you know, they'll check not only for edema, let's say around the ankles and so forth, but a good cardiologist should actually be checking pulse all the way down to the toes. So again, it's how your body, your system's using compressive forces. And so when the extremities aren't picking up the same amount of compressive force, meaning you have high blood pressure, let's say, and it's evident through the arms, but it's not evident through your fingers, the system the body is breaking down someplace and so it's putting out more force through the center and that's actually a bit more dangerous on your health like cholesterol or you have a clot or you have a blockage somewhere in your artery right if that's not caught properly so now your your compressive forces let's say through the heart or the your oxygen your respiratory system lymphatic system is going up to that blockage point but beyond that you have a very weak compressive force so that's where, again, sort of like having a dam, it's going to break and it's going to break with a force that's much more systematically uh, complicated than something that is just global high blood pressure. So let's say if you upset me and I suddenly have high blood pressure, that's more of a global high pressure. My systems are get going on a guard and, and I'm dealing with it. But let's say I, if I upset you for suddenly something and you're in good health and you can deal with that stress and you can still be mad. There's nothing wrong with being mad or you can be happy, but it's not going to take its toll on your body. I joke around my, my dad once probably said he's never going to have a heart attack or die from it. I said, What are you, psychic? And he goes, No, my blood pressure is just so low. There's no way I can have a heart attack because, you know, I don't go into the ranges of a heart attack. I'll die from other things, but not a heart attack. I'm like, Good to know, dad. When you're looking at long term space, one of the things we have to start looking at is who's going to go up and as are they allowed to go up if they are older or if they're aging? Having a better evaluation system on their compressive forces from the inside out and the outside in will be a really good marker to go off of something that I work on with my work, but it would be a phenomenal marker to look at because we can start looking at people that are of age, let's say. And we look at it as being in better shape. I look at it more as can you move in and out of situations still at a dexterity level that you're used to maybe when you're younger, but vice versa. I still say I move better now than I ever did in my 20s, let's say. Um, So there's different ways of looking at the human body, but we really have to look at this How the person organized, really at a young age, where it changed in their system that they became at master's level, because anyone that's going in outer space is at master's level. Artemis. Let's look at the astronauts already going for the moon. They already have them in the water tanks. Now, this is one of the worst things that you can do for an astronaut taking off. I get it that the water simulates space training as much as possible. Why? (laughs) Again, compressive forces change, lack of rotational movements, no opposition to gravity. But we are not checking these systems that I'm talking about within the human body in that astronaut. And in a sense, for some of them, we actually might be ruining before they even get off to outer space because they've had too much tank time. And that needs to be organized at a higher level or evaluated at a higher level and then have them organized and to get ready for space-based complications that might come sooner than later with some of these people going out of the space, especially now that we're getting more people up in outer space. The book is phenomenal. It's 21 new theories in biological gravity. It was hot new release for Amazon, number one also for Audible, new release in its field of gravity and physics, You Can't Get to Mars Without Me, The Rules of Gravity, by me, Michelle Turner, also narrated um, with my son, which is awesome. But I love your comments. Thank you for asking me to be back. I really appreciate it. GravityMovement.com or MovementLesson.academy. I help anybody with movement, but especially if you're a child or baby of special needs or you're the astronaut that wants to be, I'm ready for you. And we'll see you in the next episode.